0: On Greatness Halloween double feature with your ghoulish hosts, Mad Mike Borgfeldt and Cadaverous Craig Cerventi. Mwah! Mwah! Boo! Surprise everyone! Uh, normally Mike does the intros, uh, but due to circumstances beyond our control, Mike won't be with us today, but don't fear you. are not going to have to listen to, you know, between 40 and 110 minutes of me talking. I've got super special guest co-host, Amy, my wife. Yes. Hey. <laughs> hey.
1: Long time listener. First time podcaster.
0: And also in the podcast is Dottie the Cat. I don't imagine she'll have much to say.
1: There may be some aggressive yowling that remains, remains to be seen.
0: She's unsure what to make of the human's making a lot of noise in front of the new stuff that's on the coffee table but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about halloween movies Uh, and mike and i had originally planned to do a a double feature of (laughs) uh vampire movies which we'll probably end up still doing uh but amy wasn't ready for vampire movies i
1: didn't want to watch them because i didn't want to watch them she
0: doesn't like scary movies but never fear We've watched the scariest thing we could find, uh, and that is the 2002 classic, Scooby-Doo.
1: Scooby-Doo!
0: Dooby doo Why'd we watch you? It's hard to understand now. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Amy, what did you think of the best that 2002 had to offer Scooby-Doo?
1: Oh, I didn't realize you were going to put me right into it, uh, but... <laughs> uh not not a fan
0: not a fan no okay well that's it folks uh with (laughs) stunning contribution to podcasting uh we're gonna call it there
1: the shortest podcast debut
0: ever (laughs) well okay well for everybody else uh so uh as you may or may not be aware in in the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s before it and in the 2010s and now in the in the 2020s hollywood is doing remakes, uh so nothing hollywood likes more but to take a beloved child property uh, and take it and turn it into a big budget movie and uh they did it in the 2000s and they did it to scooby-doo so they took a um, the original show which was originally produced in the 1960s i think the first episode debuted in 1969 by the Hanna barbera corporation uh animation studio um, and it was a beloved classic that ran from uh, 1969 at least through in its original format or uh, uh, a subsequent format at least until the mid-90s, I think, if I if I remember correctly. I
1: remember none of this.
0: She remembers none of this. Uh, but um, I think uh, this is yet another shameless cash grab. What do you think?
1: Oh, most definitely. Uh, it had four to five of the hottest stars at the time. Uh, Four
0: to five, who's the fifth?
1: Well, Isla Fisher. I guess it was her first film. So I guess it kind of was. She was to be one of the hot stars She's, at the time. She
0: guess, I guess she was. She's Four a,
1: to five hot young stars. Hot young stars. A hot soundtrack, which has not aged well. At all. Hot new effects, which have not aged well. Not a bit. Uh, lots of teenagers.
0: So many teenagers. Uh,
1: you know, summer blockbuster style. Uh, it did well at the time. but Sure did. It just doesn't hold.
0: 260 up. odd million at the domestic box office. Not bad for 2002. I was actually just thinking before, we're, we're really ill prepared for this podcast. That's how much dedication we've got to all of you, listeners out there. Okay, um, I
1: don't know where this we is coming from because I have a lot of hot facts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but according to Box Office Mojo, off an estimated budget of 84 million this made, uh, and it's opening weekend in US and Canada alone. 54 million of that right back at the box office in one weekend. That's good money. And then uh, a US and Canada gross from the time, 153 million, and a worldwide gross of 275 million. I reckon at least another 50 million of that came from Australia, where this was filmed.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like uh, enough to make another one.
0: They sure did. They were back two years later with another one. I'm not sure we needed the first one. We definitely didn't need the second one. Uh, But fun fact, uh, but. separates these in score on uh, IMDb. One is 5.4 and the sequel is 5.2. So that's really good consistent quality right there.
1: Yeah, super consistent.
0: Well, the first thing that strikes me about this movie is that it establishes right off the bat in the post-credit sequence, or the pre—what would you call it, the opening credit sequence?
1: Yeah, the the cold open.
0: The cold the, open. The
1: James Bond style. The
0: James Bond style opening, cold open, because it
1: is completely separate to out of nowhere. The rest of the movie, we've, although it does set it up.
0: We've got a weird ghost character that they're chasing around, who I'm pretty sure Diplo stole his costume from.
1: Oh, his his name is Old Man Smithers.
0: Old Man Smithers, and they capture uh they set about in a true scooby-doo fashion with a crazy plan that shaggy and scooby managed to screw up uh, and they get the ghost they unmask him it turns out to be old Man mothers who says it's never a real ghost it's never a real ghost and he says the classic line i would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids
1: and actually he was meant to be in the costume at the end spoiler alert oh which is which explains his, I'll get you for this, it was like it was setting it up, but they were forced to include Scrappy.
0: Forced? Yes. Spoiler alert. James Gunn alert. said
1: he had to include Scrappy, but he didn't like him, so he made him the villain.
0: Well, James Gunn proving to be a, an adept filmmaker, even back in 2002.
1: But it kind of would have made more sense if Old Man's Villers was... The villain? The villain yeah. at the end as well, and... Also, maybe it wouldn't have been quite so weird because he liked his practical effects.
0: Which is kind of weird, I suppose.
1: Yeah, they yeah. start off with the practical balloon stuff and then yeah. it kind of and then they really del- escalates from there.
0: I mean, spoiler alert for a film that came out twenty years over 20 years ago now. Uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of this film. So if you haven't seen <laughs> Scooby-Doo and uh, you want to and you want to be stunned and surprised by the plot, rather than the 2002 special effects, you might want to find another podcast because this this one isn't for you.
1: I mean, judging by the IMDb score, it was spoiled already.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. sideburn. (laughs) Sideburn. Sideburn, Scooby-Doo. Oh,
1: I don't want to be too mean. A lot of people worked on this and they probably thought it was really good at the time.
0: I mean, I I think the, the, the...
1: Clearly it was really good at the time. It made a lot of money.
0: It made a lot of money. So, I mean, right off the bat, I've got to say, the casting in this is pitch perfect. Yes. Not the movie Pitch Perfect, but actually Pitch pitch Perfect. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy is so good, I think Matthew Lillard is now still providing the voice for Shaggy.
1: He did it for about 10 years, but yes, he got asked to take over for a while.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, considering that the original voice actor was none other than Casey Kasem. Yes. Um... He's, he's come on and he's, he's made that role his own so close to the original he was that when I first saw this, I had to check to make sure that Matthew Lillard <laughs> somehow or other wasn't the original voice of Shaggy. <laughs> but no, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and we've got uh, Freddie Prince Jr. So it's the Lillard Jr. Uh, Freddie Prince um, or Prince Jr. Freddie. Yeah. What, what is that? The Prince Jr.? Oh. oh he's freddie prince so it's just the prince lillard show right yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. another prince lillard show yeah and uh i think at this point i don't know if they're married at this point but they are they are married oh, now um, they probably
1: were but uh, oh, we're almost married.
0: uh what's her name um sarah, michelle, sarah giller. michelle giller uh convinced freddie prince freddie to be in this and they have cast the relative unknown Film-wise, because she was a big star for... Well, she was a cult hit for Freaks and Geeks. Um, but they cast Linda Card- uh, Cardellini. Um, oh, he got there. They got there in the end. Um, they cast Linda as Velma, who all of them could not be better suited to their roles.
1: Yeah, they're, like, really perfectly suited.
0: Yeah, and the costuming is good. Like, the, it opens... The cold open has them solving the crime, obviously. And all of their costumes are spot on for the cartoon yes just
1: it doesn't always make sense when they change costumes especially the women because i don't understand how they have time or where they get them from i know daphne brought a lot of bags but with the same color we never see her going up to the hotel uh velma gets a a, gl- a glow up at one point well she gets
0: she gets a little bit sluttier at one point oh she loses we going the blast. with slutty
1: yeah i'm going with
0: slutty because she she goes from being like chunky sw- she gets a chunky, glow up. Sw- chunky sweater and then she gets a scoop neck top at one point but it's when the, with a push-up bra
1: when the demon takes over
0: yes the, the it, demon gets into her and
1: it's like is it because of that? Because she then goes back to her regular Velma self at the end? She sure does. But it's kind of not explained. I'm I'm getting too far into uh,
0: this. Uh, yeah. Bit. But so, of, of <laughs> right off the bat, the part that you're like worried about here is that she doesn't go and change. And not the animated talking dog. Uh,
1: I mean, I thought we were getting to that. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the good casting. Oh, goes. the
0: good casting. Yes, the casting is good. And... <laughs> um i mean
1: rowan atkinson is criminally underutilized isn't he just Um, fun fact hot fact if you will okay this is a perfect time to mention it tim curry was a longtime fan and was originally set to play the rowan atkinson role emil mondavarius after previously providing voice work for scooby-doo and the witch's ghost in 1999 and he did another one later on however do you know why he pulled out of doing the film
0: oh i can't imagine
1: because they were including scrappy Doo, who he hated wow so he said no to a paycheck purely because he hated Scrappy even though he loved scooby-doo he hated scrappy mm. he was like mm, no mm, i'm mm. not being in the same movie as that mm, Foul mm. with a uh, gland problem
0: <laughs> with a gland problem um fun fact for long time <laughs> or a short time um fans of Scooby-Doo uh when when the cartoon was flagging in the 80s uh the studio recognized that they needed to um uh, change up the casting a little bit and they um chose to introduce Scrappy-Doo uh which was surprisingly very successful um considering the hate that he gets now but um at the time Scrappy-Doo became um quite a successful addition to the cast or to the you know the animated cast uh, and then as a result of that, um, it renewed interest in the show. Uh, but then Scrappy-Doo became um, the focus of the show. We would see this again and again with uh, minor characters or introduced characters and ultimately would lead to stuff like um, P- Pookie from The Simpsons would, would reference this where they introduce a character. Uh, and then as the show progressed into the 90s, um, uh, fans of the show began to turn in large numbers on Scrappy-Doo, making him... He is the, pretty old. Which is making him the awful character that he is now. But he was part of. Uh, he was originally very successful and renewed interest in the show. Fun fact. But now, um, now he's remembered as uh, the worst thing about the show, and not the absolutely formulaic um, stories that these things took, where the, the, the Mystery Inc would solve crimes week on week, or afternoon on afternoon, as I remember it to be, uh, and it was always some evil property developer or position person in authority. Who would then uh you know be unmasked by the meddling kids so um fun fact um i was watching a i was watching a a review of this earlier uh by uh, um, a very eloquent person on youtube uh on the quality culture uh, and they talk about the um they they reference an article about uh a washington times post about how cartoon is very a knee-jerk reaction to um nixon and watergate and that kind of carrying on with these oh. meddling kids you can almost hear nixon oh. saying i would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids
1: yeah i yeah. would have gotten away with watergate
0: i would have gotten away with uh bugging the democratic um party offices at the watergate hotel if it wasn't for those damn meddling kids yeah yeah well there you go um so the casting is excellent
1: were we gonna move on to the CGI? Oof. the the casting of
0: Scooby-Doo is, is there enough is there an, oh the casting of Scooby-Doo and so I was going to say that the uh, odd thing for this time period is they actually cast someone who does the voice of Scooby-Doo who isn't a famous person looking at you Chris Pratt famous Italian plumber <laughs> where they where they cast someone who sounded like Scooby-Doo as opposed to a big name get yeah for scooby-doo they weird.
1: casted a guy who was from australia who also was on sea patrol so
0: well there you go uh
1: didn't seem to do any other scooby-doo work
0: didn't not at all no
1: and the guy the people who actually were involved in scooby-doo i think one of them voiced scrappy
0: i think the original voice actor for scrappy came back to do scrappy yeah yeah
1: um yeah but weird A little bit
0: strange. Uh, So obviously this features a CG animated Scooby-Doo.
1: It was originally going to be a huge puppet.
0: Uh, An animatronic.
1: Made by the Jim Henson Company. Oof. But it didn't get used.
0: In what universe can we watch that version of this?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think they would have filmed anything. I mean, I don't mind Scooby himself. I feel like if this was all a lot, and this is a bigger discussion maybe for towards the end, but if this was all a lot smaller scale, your friendly neighborhood mystery-solving team, and you just had Scooby-Doo as the only animated thing, because I think that's where most of the budget went into anyway. $2,002, yeah. For 2002, he's okay. Like obviously he's silly Mm. and he's big, but I think it's not awful. Especially when you go back and look at something like Shrek, yeah, the animation on Shrek. So Shrek is earlier, right? So Shrek is 2001.
0: 2001. or two thousand. Yeah, and so Pixar was big at this point as well. I I have to say though, like um another another point that was being made was um by the quality. Um, culture channel which i watched just before this to bone up a little bit um is that the filmmakers um, wisely chose to go with an unrealistic looking dog rather than yes rather than like if you think about now with the lion king remake that they did where they've got photorealistic animals and then um, they're trying to make them look real versus the cartoon Mm. um the 90s animated cartoon um, and the example they were showing was the death of Mufasa. Spoiler alert for, for the Lion King if you've been sleeping under a rock. But um, the animated death of Mufasa and Simba's reaction when he's confessing to Scar that, you know, it was an accident. It was a stampede. He couldn't oh. do anything.
1: What do you mean reaction?
0: Exactly. So in the cartoon, <laughs> the, the, the reaction, the emotion, because you can, you can hyper stylize it, you can exaggerate it, is really good.
1: But. Which is what they do with Scooby Doo. Which is
0: what they do with Scooby Doo. Like
1: his tongue.
0: His tongue gets does cold silly things. And... His eyes pop out. Yeah. He's emoting with his face.
1: He could be a little bolder. Like weirdly, he's a little like pale, but he does look he a lot like pale. the
0: cartoon. Yeah, he, but he's like he just a needs lighter colour. like, color. saturated a bit more. Yeah, this is a really bright and colourful movie. It's mm. not. I mean, it's 2002. Yeah. The Matrix has just come out. Um, everything was black leather and tinted green in the ninety, in the early 2000s. And this, this is not that. This is brightly lit. Yeah. And bold colors. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Scooby-Doo on my laptop right now. Yeah, it's an odd color. They went for a realistic dog color. Yeah. But it's a, it's not, it's, it's, they make no attempt.
1: Bright. But otherwise he's okay. Yeah, I, I could live with it being just Scooby Doo, but it's
0: it's the it's, it's the all the others it's the like monsters,
1: the weird monsters, the weird the general monsters. General confusion as to like who the bad guy is and what's actually happening. The point of yeah. the villainous plot.
0: I still all I, that kind I, of stuff. other than to make Scrappy Doo huge and you know roid it out at the end. I, I really don't know what the actual plot was beyond.
1: Oh, and the reveal was. Did you say they... reveal? <laughs> Uh yes, yes I did. Um, where they pull the face off i'm really getting ahead of things here, but they pull off Rowan Atkinson's face. They sure do. Oh, terrifying. Yes. Yes They they had to blur out the cleavage, CGI out the cleavage, but they left that in. Uh, That's yes. what's causing me nightmares.
0: <laughs> Apparently according to an interview done by James Gunn, this was originally meant to be a slightly darker film. Um they were going for a PG rating and or PG thirteen rating wound up with an R uh, and then they had to dial it back which included um, using CGI to remove cleavage from the film Um, which begs the question who were they making this for in the first place it wasn't kids Uh, it it certainly didn't feel like kids in the first instance
1: I think they were making it for older kids maybe who'd grown up watching Scooby-Doo yeah but obviously like it was going to be younger kids who went or well, yeah. more of a range so i so.
0: was a I was a kid in the in the 80s um and i definitely saw my fair share of scooby-doo and it's important to know that scooby-doo is older than i am so um my it's it's foreseeable that my parents would have been on the the old end of scooby-doo when they were younger um so they would have been. They would have seen Scooby Doo, and then they would have been able to introduce me to Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, which is kind of weird, I guess, because now I, I guess there's, there's people my age introducing their kids to Scooby Doo. You're gonna love it. It's about a talking dog.
1: Maybe not in the movie. <laughs> the cartoons are
0: probably good. And they're
1: always eating Scooby snacks,
0: which is code for
1: drugs. It's like it's like Batman, right? <laughs> The animated series more consistent than the than the movies than the real life oh versions yes. anyway that's another
0: podcast that's another podcast um so yeah the uh the effects are what the effects are it's definitely a product of its time and definitely a product of the technology of its day but i've got to say they made i think i think casting wise and design choice around scooby at the very least scooby and scrappy they are consistent to the cartoon. Mm. Um, the casting is excellent. Yes. Um,
1: oh, hot fact! Hot Before fact. Before we move on, that I forgot to add in: Jim Carrey was actually the first first choice for Shaggy.
0: Oh, that would be terrible.
1: Followed by Mike Myers. Oh, even was, worse. Who was also on board to write. Oh. Um. However, Matthew Lillard got the part. Um. Voice Shaggy for ten years. And then from twenty twenty for, for the animated um, cartoons from twenty twenty he was replaced by Will Fort, which upset the internet greatly. And uh, also they didn't tell Matthew Lillard before the internet found out. So oh no, that was slightly
0: awkward. Yeah, Matthew Lillard's gone through a bit of a resurgence of late. He's um, yeah, he's
1: been in Good Girls.
0: He's been in Good Girls. He's been really good in that. Yeah. Um, I say he's gone through a bit of a resurgence well, of late, that's... citing one thing he's he's been in quickly clicking on his name and imdb to see if he's done anything else oh he's in five nights at freddy thank god uh, <laughs> five nights at freddy it's halloween y'all five nights at freddy has just come out and it's broken box office records
1: oh it actually looks like he's back voicing scooby-doo stuff so maybe since i read the article uh the internet revolted enough that they put him back
0: yeah, I see. I see. He's um, done
1: some recently, like very recently. So.
0: Yeah, I see Scooby Doo and the Mystery Pups as late as two thousand and twenty-three this year, um, so, and he's yeah, the internet. Yeah, he's voicing Scooby, so he's making he's making a good series, good monthly bank on his Scooby Doo impersonation, his Shaggy impersonation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that kind of job.
0: I mean, I I, I can't imagine it's hard hard work really it must be ruining his voice doing the shaggy voice it, I, I i partially read a bit of trivia that in order to get the voice right he would scream to get the hoarseness into his voice oh
1: yeah that makes sense.
0: yeah because in the show in the movie it's a little bit like there's moments when it's excellent yes. and there's moments where it's more matthew lillard than shaggy
1: well having not seen the cartoons i don't have any frame of reference but
0: mm. well that's that's true. I'm the only one who has, so you'll just have to believe me.
1: This might be a problem.
0: This might be a problem. So what you're trying to tell me here is you're a poser. You, you haven't actually seen any Scooby-Doo.
1: Well, I watched the movie. You
0: watched this movie.
1: I watched this movie right. last night for perhaps the first time.
0: So, yeah, you were saying that you couldn't remember, You couldn't remember if you'd seen this or not.
1: I don't... I've. I think I've just seen... The trailer because parts of it looked familiar obviously the characters were pretty iconic in all of their costumes but I don't think I ever watched the full film we probably right. should have addressed this up top right sorry right. listeners
0: well I mean truth be told I, I think last night was the first time I'd seen this from beginning to end yeah I think I think uh-huh. prior to last night I'd seen this in part and I def- I was definitely aware of it when it came out because that was Peak my obsession with film and i would i would go and see everything worth seeing at the cinema opening weekend um usually by myself because that's how obsessive i was no one would go with me so i'd go by myself on saturday mornings nerd Nerd alert um but yeah so this was the first time i had seen it all the way through ah
1: so regular host is also a poser
0: oh come on if this was mike he would be the first time he's seen it too as well come on
1: He might have watched it with his kids.
0: That's true. Mike might have watched it with his kids. Yeah.
1: Would you introduce children to this? I don't know if I would. There's better films to introduce the younger generations to, I reckon, before you got onto this. Like, there's a long list before you get to Scooby-Doo.
0: Especially the 2002 movie of Scooby-Doo.
1: That's what I meant. I'm getting mean again, though. Let's move on.
0: All right, so um, I also liked that they tried their best to take the fairly one-dimensional characters from the cartoon and tried to give them some some you know three dimensions. Do
1: you mean two-dimensional characters?
0: No, I really mean one dimensional. There wasn't a lot to them in the original <laughs> cartoon, uh, but they actually added a second and third dimension. Um, I guess I guess you can't cast Sarah Michelle Geller in 2002 without having her do some action y bits because she was obviously very famous for being Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. In the and 90s actually two thousands.
1: That fight scene was one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I know it kinda been all her. It was no, very athletic. No. But and it was it a bit
0: wire foo as well. So Hong yeah. Kong um, style kung fu scene.
1: Yeah, but it was well choreographed. It was some good action. Yeah. Obviously she was doing some of it, which was great. Because, yeah,
0: in the cartoon, she just kind of stands around looking pretty for most of it. Well, and
1: Uh, that was the argument at the beginning. Yeah. She was like, I'm not going to be the damsel in distress anymore. I'm not going to be
0: the the damsel in distress. Now she's a damsel in distress. And she's looking great doing it. Yes. Yes.
1: With the go-go boots.
0: With the go-go boots.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, will have really hurt the villain uh oh yeah she kicks him in the head multiple times yeah yeah
0: she kicks that poor professional wrestler in the face a lot yeah. yeah and the nads and the nads yeah uh and um linda is looking great too and i think the the velma character is certainly in the cartoon velma is just like she's the one that comes up with the plan and she's the one that calls out the villain uh but she she gets a boyfriend. Um, she does who Uh, ends
1: up dressing in similar colors to her at the end
0: yes just in case you weren't sure whose boyfriend he was meant to be yeah because there's no way linda cardinelli could possibly cardellini Cardellini, sorry could possibly get a guy on her own with that haircut on her own without assistance they have to be color-coded
1: i mean they're certainly trying to uh hide her before glowing her up
0: boy were they yeah yes she's she's a gorgeous woman and they stick her in the most cable knit um turtleneck sweater they could possibly find yeah and and despite her wearing a short skirt it's the most dowdy short skirt in the history of short skirts yeah and those shoes yeah
1: chunky shoes oh my god you know it's the classic 2002 glow up
0: uh prior to her becoming a demon when she's suddenly got a scoop neck top and a lot of cleavage yes yes okay uh and then um fred is also pretty good um and yeah
1: he gets a haircut he does And he writes his own autobiography
0: he does fred on fred which uh was <laughs> funny um but yeah he gets a haircut which is kind of unexplained but clearly Matt, uh, uh, freddie prince jr was not going to go around with that that oh, 70s that awful hair wig. yeah but yeah he's got his own natural mm-hmm. hair dyed blonde Uh, and then, um, yeah.
1: Well, Shaggy and Scooby have been holding the fort in the... Oh, they're
0: unchanged. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, uh, there is a particular shot where they're, what is it? it? They're on the beach. Oh, they're in the, they're uh, in the mystery wagon. It definitely alludes to other things before you see that they're barbecuing. Yeah, and Shaggy says,
0: oh, um, we're toast or it's, we're toasted. Yeah, yeah. He might have sort of said, you know, oh, we're baked.
1: I mean, he does say that Mary Jane is his favorite name. As well. He
0: sure does. So, yeah, you know, they
1: were definitely trying to put something in there for the older fans.
0: Uh, they sure were. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, also, potential time for a fun fact. Uh, while we're still on casting, um, you might notice that while Shaggy eats a lot, he is a vegetarian. Yes. So Casey Kasem was a dedicated vegan. And he reportedly quit doing the the show, The Voice, in 1995, when he was asked to voice Shaggy in a Burger King commercial, because he felt that strongly about it.
0: Casey Kasem turning down a paycheck over being in a Burger King commercial.
1: Yeah, well, Burger King didn't do vegetarian stuff then, I guess. Well
0: wow.
1: He returned in 2002, but only if his live-action counterpart would be a vegetarian. So...
0: Well, there you go. There
1: you go. So he eats a lot, but he only eats like eggplant burger. Yeah, there was an eggplant like burger. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. chilies,
1: that kind of
0: thing. Oh, there's a whole scene, <laughs> a post, like a like a mid credit sequence involving oh, chilies. yeah. 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 Uh, so the movie has them split up, uh, which gives them some agency, I guess, but only throws them back together moments later to send them off to an island. Um I could have done with seeing some uh like I think according to the film there's like 2 years between when they split up and when they get back together. Yeah,
1: you could have had like a little montage in there or something. I feel like
0: you could have like they just come back and tell you what they've been doing. <coughs> Fred's Fred's written a book. Um Velma's um Velma's been Velma, I, I can't remember what. She's she, been working at NASA. She's been working at NASA, that's right, cuz she's super smart, get it? Uh, And Daphne went off and did karate for two years and came back. She's a black belt. She's a black belt now. And Fred and um, uh, Shaggy Shaggy and Scooby Scooby. just hung out at the beach, apparently. So, yeah, totally
1: not getting high.
0: uh, They seemingly just sleeping in that van. Uh, And then they all pile in that van moments later, like. Holy hell, that van's going to stink to all high hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they go off to the island, um, which is where the the majority yeah. of this film takes place.
1: Conveniently, they all get sent plane tickets for to Spooky Island. Spooky Island. A classic setter. Uh,
0: yes, 100%. Almost all of the cartoon villains were had a supernatural vibe to them.
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: then the film flips the script by introducing real, real monsters that get killed by sunlight.
1: Yeah, real monsters who who only really end up being the henchmen for the wider plot. And it, for a long time it's unclear whether Rowan Atkinson himself is the villain. Yes. Um, I mean, it does end up being him, but it's scrappy in his body slash costume it's a robot Um, he's he's piloting him yeah terrifying terrifying, terrifying terrifyingly but then there's also a few other people shady looking characters who are roaming around including a guy who looks like a mexican wrestler yes the one who daphne has a fight with yes so it is a bit like and then the shady dj yeah there's just a lot of sinister stuff going on
0: spoiler alert they're all villains
1: yeah, it, I guess they're all working for Scrappy in the end.
0: Yeah. Um, Except it, the voodoo guy.
1: Yeah. Well, he he's not a villain.
0: No. 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 He wasn't
1: being set up to be a villain.
0: No, but they introduce him like he could be. Like there's a random um, there's a random character played oh, by. Oh yeah, with the um, raw chicken. Yeah, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. He he turns up. He's the he's literally he's literally credited as voodoo maestro um and i'm not really sure why he's there i think i know why he's there uh somebody during the production of this went oh this cast is pretty white we'd better throw some color in there and then they they cast him
1: i mean it was australia 20 years ago it was
0: australia 20 years ago (laughs) (laughs) wait mate
1: (laughs) probably doesn't look too similar now yeah um it is the
0: gold coast yeah yeah uh and then uh there was a surprise there were a couple of surprise cameos by huge names of the days nothing says uh 2002 but quite like pamela anderson
1: yes yeah, yeah.
0: she turns up real early
1: criminally underutilized
0: criminally underutilized in the cold open, in the cold open. pamela anderson yeah. she's super concerned about eco-friendly action figures yeah which yeah. is nice which is nice uh, and, uh, you might remember them, the world's biggest band for all of No Seconds, uh, Sugar Ray is yeah. in this.
1: Check out the frosted tip.
0: Check him out. Oh, I, I love the reoccurring guy who's got his hair, uh, twirled into like mock mini, oh, um, uh, mini dreads. Um, so classic. Such a classic. So 2000 2002. Stuff. Yeah. And
1: of course they're singing a song, which was not the one Sugar Ray track that everyone maybe still remembers i'm trying to
0: remember what that was
1: oh every morning
0: every morning was it called
1: every morning yeah it has every morning in it uh it is not that it is something else um which i did not recognize when we watched the movie last night and i still don't know it (laughs) to be honest i think i only know the one sugar ray song so i
0: think everyone only knows the one sugar ray song
1: yeah i mean the soundtrack is weird It is, I'm sure, half of the songs on the official soundtrack were not in the movie. And then some of the songs in the movie were not on the soundtrack.
0: I mean, that's a fairly common thing. So you'd get, like, the soundtrack. It was then, I guess. So certainly in the 2000s when they were, well, up until much, much later, until Spotify um, Playlist kind of did away with this, it was not uncommon for a movie, if it was successful, to have two or more official soundtracks released um, as a tie-in for the film, you'd often get the original score. And -hmm. if it was super popular and had enough pop music in it, you would often get the soundtrack.
1: But why not put that pop music in the soundtrack? I don't know. Like, there's a Kylie Minogue song on here. There's
0: a Shaggy song in here. Oh, yeah. Shaggy, Where Are You? As performed... By Shaggy.
1: I just kept reading that as the character Shaggy. (laughs) And I thought that... I didn't remember Matthew Lillard doing a rap.
0: It doesn't get more perfect than having Shaggy...
1: I did expect Shaggy to be, it, it was the right time. I mean, it was this is,
0: absolutely the right time. There's
1: a song in here by the Baja Men called but Scooby not, D, which can only be specially for the film. But and not
0: I'm, Who Let the Dogs Out. Well,
1: not Who Let the Dogs Out. No. I think by
0: this point in 2002, the world had reached peak Who Let the Dogs yeah, Out. Yeah,
1: I think it had been used in heavy rotation on multiple other films. Yes. However, I do not remember that song from the Baja Men coming up. Although I wouldn't know what it sounded like, so I mean apparently there's a simple plan song on here. There is a simple plan I song on like here. I would have noticed. There's an Uncle Cracker and Buster Rhymes song.
0: Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. There's a there's a two thousand and two mix up of Scooby Doo Where Are You by MXPX.
1: Yeah. Uh, and of course there's I say
0: that like I know who that is.
1: Uh, it's a punk yeah. band you think yeah i had a quick look i think oh you did um and there's of course land of a million drums which is an outcast Punk song pop band How which is a, a you know outcast perfect timing for them uh i think it was written for the film however there are multiple references to scooby snacks <laughs> uh, and there was an explicit version so, uh, there are multiple bleepings or <laughs> like removals for the song when it ended up in the movie. Well. And I asked the question last night of why is the song Scooby Snacks, not in the film, realized that it probably wouldn't have been appropriate and was like, oh, all right. But yet they have this outcast song in here, heavily referenced I mean, Scooby the Snacks. Scooby Snacks so Snack song
0: by the fun loving criminals yeah um is um about robbing a bank so that might be the wrong message
1: yeah but you could have had a little but why you could just do the
0: chorus which is i mean they still talk about running around robbing banks all whacked off the scooby snacks
1: yeah but if the outcast song was (laughs) similarly explicit i see or you know Maybe not appropriate, but was written for the film. And I remember hearing it, because I think it's as they arrive on the island. Yes. Um, and they only play the tiniest bit. You could have played the tiniest bit of Scooby Snacks.
0: Maybe it was a little... I mean, for this film, where everything is like not only just a little on the nose, it's a full force punch to the face. Well, uh, yeah. Subtlety is not this film's strong suite. That's true. That's um, true. That might have been too much that's true
1: also i have in my notes that they should have gotten smash mouth instead of sugar ray hey hey at least they have more than one song that i can name <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i think smash mouth had done its dash in the world of being on um movie soundtracks, movie soundtracks by this point point. and
1: they probably didn't want to appear in person because i guess that was the other thing it's like you're not just in the soundtrack they you have actually... to appear
0: at that that party characters. that party scene as characters in yeah because
1: Daphne looked quite taken with the lead singer of Sugar Ray I mean he's a good looking uh, man whose oh. name I can only assume is Ray
0: I'm gonna um, go with Craig it's Craig
1: I'm gonna go with Ray Sugars
0: Ray Sugars <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was an egomaniac he named the band after, after himself. himself okay um, okay so she is quite taken with Ray Sugars uh as I'm going to call him, and his frosted tips, and then he turns out to be a demon. He does he, turn out to gets be a the, demon. The green eyes. So yeah, yeah. Boy, so a little bit of acting there.
0: A lot of acting there. Uh, she certainly earned her chops at that point. Um, but I
1: did like musically working the theme into the score. Oh, um, the little
0: the the Scooby Dooby Doo.
1: Yeah, thing. there were just little hints of it. Fairly often, continuously, one might say. And i that's not a bad thing, I don't think. It wasn't <laughs> enough. I say continuously and it sounds like a bad thing. But um, I think it was good to have the hints here and there constantly tying back to the theme. What do you think?
0: I, I didn't mind that. I thought that was quite fun. But, I mean, I guess if you're making this for people who have never seen a Scooby-Doo movie before, like, that's, that's going to wash right over them. But if you're making this for people who grew up with the show... It's probably just going to make them want to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: like, like the people who grew up on it, they'd be like, oh, that's, that's working for me. Like (laughs) when you watch Star Wars and you keep getting hints of the theme and you get all excited.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. I did. Your little
1: nerd heart does a flutter. It's probably the same for this.
0: It's only for some Star Wars music, not all Star Wars music.
1: Oh, not the Death March?
0: No. Oh, okay. My
1: bad. Yeah um also i had a note here that the theme song appears too early ah now i remember this it was uh they do it's like a reworking of the theme song like some i don't know maybe it's the pop punk version um because it's not the shaggy version mm. sadly uh singer nor character mm. um but it appears during the final fight scene and it just feels like with the lyrics when there's also dialogue yeah I it see. feels like a bit much it feels like it should have been playing over the closing credits
0: oh you think so they should have they should have gone full um, scooby-dooby-doo right over the end while all of that's happening yeah rather like, than the score that they it. did have
1: no 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 because they had the song with the words right and it just felt like a bit much i feel like you could have had the music like the poppy kind of theme without the words right and then saved the one with the lyrics for sa- right, the closing for the credits end. yeah because it felt messy
0: right right i'm just looking up sugar ray because we were talking so much about it um i wanted oh, to know and our
1: mate ray sugars
0: our mate ray sugars um unfortunately he's got a much more boring name it's rodney shepherd
1: oh rodney yeah. roddy oh
0: Rodders. Um, he's, he's lead guitar, uh, backing vocals and ukulele, but the lead singer is someone called Mark McGrath.
1: Oh, I feel like I should have known that. Yeah. I definitely remember that.
0: Mark McGrath.
1: Okay. So no Ray sugars exist in the band Sugar Ray. Okay. Good to know. I
0: bet you Sugar Ray is a, is a reference to Sugar Ray Leonard. If I had to guess.
1: I'm not saying you're wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess. All right. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, this is not the Sugar Ray podcast. This is the Scooby-Doo podcast. Uh, oh, so... we
1: were starting to talk about it before, but is it worth touching on the generic island culture? As is yes. something like the CGI that also doesn't age particularly well.
0: Yeah, so they, they go for a pastiche of, like, several island cultures, right? So it yes. kind of feels... Like it could be Hawaiian, but also Nuwayan, maybe a little bit Cook Island. Yeah, there's it's a lot just, of
1: stuff going on. A lot of people wearing masks or a lot of masks around. But
0: like tribal sort of like island sort of looking things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, mostly all worn by white, white people. people. Yeah. Um, there's the kind of ritual thing at the end. Yes. Where they all come Conducted in. by
0: an animated cg animated dog wearing um rowan actinson like a suit yes yes but it does it does feel a little bit icky by today's standards yeah
1: and there's an awful lot of it and a lot of characters in that kind of
0: yeah setup, and it's also voodoo- also
1: adds to the messiness like, yeah there's a lot going on and
0: it's meant to be voodoo inspired so that says to me caribbean as opposed yeah. to like hawaiian and
1: we see that kind of voodoo ritual with the raw chicken um which (laughs) then just seems odd and unnecessary i hope
0: he i hope he washed his hands after dealing with raw chicken i
1: I hope he cooked the chicken
0: yeah i hope that chicken was cooked appropriately because that's very wasteful on food
1: but it just feels again it's very much like a 2002 thing like oh we're going to an island yeah we're going to the island. it's a bit spooky it's a bit exotic but like yeah, it hasn't aged well. I was
0: really waiting for a joke about, like, I mean, maybe this is just the the two thousand the the cynical part of me where he's he's prepping the the chicken bite for his voodoo ritual. You got to see me doing air quotes here, and he's 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 throw, effectively what looks like throwing spices at the chicken. Yes. And I was waiting for Daphne to say something like, "Oh, are you performing a voodoo ritual?" And then for him to go, "Yes, I am performing a voodoo ritual," and then for her to leave. And then for him to go something like, you know, white white girls always thinking, you know, I'm just trying to cook my chicken here um, and perfect my 11 secret herbs and spices or something like that. Um, maybe. Oh, yeah. I was expecting like a cooking joke to come out of that. Um, yeah. But no, he was prepping a voodoo ritual. And the punchline is uh, I couldn't get a live chicken. Um, instead, I was using this chicken. Mm. Um, and it just it felt it felt ippy and wrong yeah um so i felt like it's all very weird there was a good joke there and and they went with the bad joke so i don't know what was going on there i mean you could have lost all of those voodoo scenes with that guy and the movie would would play exactly the same
1: yeah or he could have been someone on the island who was helping them because he seemed to be like, that seemed to be his yeah. residence.
0: Yeah, he seemed but to live there.
1: he was adjacent to a theme park.
0: It felt like they were maybe in an, a different draft of the script or in a different version of this film. He probably was the wise voodoo guy that saves them, who was originally set up as a villain. Which then, is also
1: cringe. Which is
0: a bit cringe, but yeah. very 2002. But yeah. then turns out to be not the villain. He turns out to be helping the heroes. I just... It was it was kind of it was very redundant. I'm not really yeah. sure what he was there for. Yeah. It just felt like bad comic relief and jokes that didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was it. Yeah. If you were an extra, you were either um hot white like, girl. Yeah, a teen teenager yeah. or part of the island henchman. Yeah. Which was yeah.
0: Grizzled yeah. island henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's a bit that's a bit telling of the time uh what else could you say about scooby-doo 2002 i
1: mean overall looks wise so you have the very different like castle area the Mm. ride that they go into which um we we researched into this it felt very tim burton so we had a little dig and it turns out it was done by the guy who did
0: sleepy hollow
1: sleepy hollow planet of the apes weirdly not edward scissorhands although it feels very edward Hands.
0: had a very um uh, uh tim burton vibe to it didn't mm. didn't it
1: and that was quite fun and obviously there's a lot of like stuff that's out to get them in there um which like is the...
0: very mm. reminiscent of the cartoon yeah yeah it's... and they pull a lot of the jokes that you'd get in the cartoon as well like them hiding in plain sight dressed in costumes yes Um, or their heads popping out of vases yeah Um, and
1: like the the cart stops just before daphne goes into the knives Um, yes and it's a lot of it's all practical effects they've got the plastic sausages that are trying to strangle shaggy and scooby and then they try to eat their way out and they find that they're plastic um i think that was actually quite fun and probably like i guess between the practical effects and just it being a bit more kind of in keeping with the cartoon that I haven't seen. <laughs> um, it felt like one of the better parts of the movie. Right. But overall, because of that, I, I think of it as a cross between Tim Burton and Crash Bandicoot.
0: It did have a bit of a Crash Bandicoot feel yeah, to it, didn't it?
1: Especially when they're racing around like on the motorbikes.
0: Yes. Yes, because nothing says chase. early 2000s like an ATV chase scene. Yeah. 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 The, ATVs. The...
1: The, um, with, kind of, with
0: devil tales.
1: Yes. Yeah. The jungly type area felt very Crash Bandicoot. Yes. So.
0: Yes. The never, jungly area as supplied by Queensland's Gold Coast.
1: Yes. Never yes. thought I would say that about a film. But there you go.
0: <laughs> well. There you go. You heard
1: it here first. <laughs> the first Tim Burton Crash Bandicoot mashup that you didn't know you wanted. Well.
0: Well in the interest of time and we're running in about 50 minutes oh
1: i have a couple more hot facts
0: i was just gonna say before like we, we might want to think about wrapping up um mm-hmm. and letting these fine folk get on with their with their lives but
1: what
0: about my hot facts oh you, you've got hot facts
1: i've got a couple of hot facts
0: okay go with the hot facts um
1: so just quickly are we calling um,
0: these scooby facts
1: oh how did i miss this i don't know yeah, Robin Banks with, the, with some Scooby facts.
0: With some Scooby facts.
1: All right, so I, they're very quick. You can go on a ride based on the film at Warner Brothers Movie World in Australia. Of that course. tracks. They're currently updating it and it is set to reopen in 2025, just in case you're wanting to book your tickets mm, now. It is mm. still based on the 2002 do, movie. But do you think that they're it.
0: updating the cringe or reducing the cringe?
1: I mean, I'm hoping just updating the safety of the ride.
0: One can only hope that yeah. they've got people who are qualified to run the safety equipment on these rides. I
1: can only you can only imagine hope. that it is uh, very high thrill.
0: I so. can only imagine. I mean, when people actually die on the rides, that's pretty high thrill.
1: That's not at Warner Brothers Movie World.
0: Which one was that? Was that Wet and Wild? That was Dreamworld. That was Dreamworld. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, about five or six years ago at Dreamworld in Australia, they had a tragic accident. Um, and it transpires that the person who was running safety on the on the ride had literally been given the safety drill that day. It was it was a horrible oversight. I
1: think there were also multiple there opportunities was, to fix. There it was the multiple defender. opportunities I mean, to fix the issue, but it was many, a freak many.
0: accident, um, and and someone tragically lost their life. Um,
1: anyway, this is taking a dark turn. This is.
0: I mean, it is Halloween, so now we're going to tell ghost stories about people who died on 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 on. Uh, theme park
1: right wait I have one more hot fact sorry, sorry. S- Scooby, Scooby fact. facts
0: um, All right.
1: many people went to this movie to see the trailer for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets as it oh, was the yeah. first time that that trailer was shown so that might be why it made so much money. So this was a thing. Because you've got so many Potterheads. Yeah.
0: Going. So this was a Cause real thing. Because you couldn't
1: go on YouTube. You couldn't and go watch on YouTube. Trailer. Well,
0: nerds like me, because back in the well, day, you might have. Yeah. Back in the day, there was QuickTime, which was which was an Apple product, <sighs> and you could yep. download from the Apple website. You could download the latest trailers, and because um, I was working in IT in the in the late '90s, and we downloaded um on the corporate network which was much faster than the dial up at home the highest quality trailer for the new Star Wars film the Phantom Menace the day it came out uh and every and we put it on the server and we we made all the nerds aware of where it was so they weren't all downloading it onto their computers uh and but this was a real thing and so the Phantom Menace I forget what movie the Phantom Menace was in front of, but people would buy tickets to go to the movies just to watch the trailer for the Phantom Menace.
1: Well, this and, might be why Scooby Doo made so much money.
0: Which is also a Warner Brothers film, and this was a Warner Brothers film, so yeah. Warner Brothers doesn't care.
1: Well, no, but
0: yeah.
1: they had the tr- the rights to the trailer, I guess, as well. They were guess. probably Showing their own trailers.
0: Yeah, and and cinemas used to. Cinemas used to let loose what films were going to have the trailer in front of it. Yes. Um. So people, so people would, have would, known. would know and would buy tickets to those movies.
1: Well, you heard it, heard it here first as well that it's a conspiracy. Scooby Doo did so well and got a sequel, maybe because of all the Potterheads wanting to watch the. Trailer well, there you go. Trailers, I haven't so.
0: even looked. How well did the? Uh, how well did the sequel do?
1: Uh the sequel did uh still pretty good actually. A budget of twenty five to eighty million, which is quite <laughs> a, a range. That's a
0: quite a range. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made
1: hundred and eighty one point two million at the uh, box.
0: Uh, okay, so I see what happened. Yeah, so the first one made two hundred and eighty mm. and uh this one made a hundred million less.
1: I mean it's still not bad, but yeah, I it has it, the same director, Raja Gosnell. And they were, they would have had Harry Potter. I think all those stars would have been going on to other things. So, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Well, um, shall we briefly go over how we might improve it?
0: Well, we can. Can you improve on something like this?
1: Oh, can you approve on improve on perfection? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> uh well i mean i know i mentioned this last night but i i read that it was trying to go after the same vein of like the brady bunch movie where it was it knew what it was it was poking fun at itself well
0: it was self-aware
1: yeah very yeah. self-aware and actually I think holds up well, maybe a future the, one for the Paw. The uh, the Brady Might Bunch take note.
0: <laughs> the the Brady Bunch movie does hold up very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the sequel not so much, the sequel the, not so much. The original one is pretty tight.
1: I would love would have loved to have seen Scooby-Doo with just Scooby as the CGI having something like the guy at the beginning or some property developer come and want to take over their old high school cuz they reminisce about their old high school your friendly neighborhood mystery solving team they have to go back to their high school save it from these ghosts which aren't actually ghosts they're men in balloon suits um who are evil property developers and it's a much more kind of closer to home um smaller scale smaller scale and you could you could have like some really good characters in there like they do in the brady bunch movie. And some good lines, knowing what it was, but it would be still very fun, um, just not quite so. Trying to bite off more than it can chew, I think. Is yeah, sort of the, what it ended up being. The film, because it the, was a lot.
0: Yeah, Scooby Doo was a lot. They were definitely throwing a lot of things out there, and there were. Yeah. Um, they really made no. I mean, I think the big issue for me is the original Scooby Doo was was always supernaturally themed. Mm. Um. And then it always, always turned out to be a human trying to scare people for profit.
1: Yeah. So you don't need CGI to do that. And you yeah. You just need to be clever.
0: You just need to be clever. And um, I think for me, where this film loses me, like completely loses me, is when it's established that the monsters are not people in costumes. Because Daphne tries yes. to pull the, the, the mask off one of them to go. Yes. and yes. Uh, and they established that there's all this hologram technology to make the fire magic work. Mm. So they're setting it up so that it is a very human villain. Mm. But then it isn't. Well, it's
1: a very canine a villain. A very canine villain. With a gland disorder. With a gland
0: disorder. Um, <laughs> and that, for me. And then. So you introduce a world. So, you, so you're taking. I mean, we're talking about a world where there's an animated talking dog and everyone sees that as normal.
1: But if you only had that as the the only suspension of disbelief, which is it already is, which is already is to an extent.
0: But when you when you do it that way, like I kind of feel, and then I mean, not getting into is the dog talking? Is the dog only talking to to Shaggy? Is it because oh, of the drugs Oh, that would have been fun. I mean, I think that's that's been that's been poured over as well by poured
1: over. <laughs> Stop, we're getting silly <laughs> um, now.
0: But um, but that for me when you when you go from a very human villain and and now anything is up for grabs, like what's next aliens, you know, are you going to introduce I think I I think in the the sequel I I saw that there was a credit for the Tasmanian devil. So the Tasmanian devil turns up like I mean it's taking it it's taking it in a whole other direction, right? So I
1: mean it went all the way to Australia. It took it too far.
0: It took it too far. Like no one needs to go. I've been there. It's not worth it i'm kidding australia you're lovely you're not you're a little bit weird but um anyway moving right along um <laughs> before so that, I mean, we before we alienate be my, the australian crowd that
1: would be my thoughts on how you could improve it i think scale it back
0: i think there was and, a lot going on i think it needed yeah. less yeah. and I, I think i think uh scale it down um i think if you have you had more james a, gunn yeah you clearly
1: had the the talent on the writing team you did
0: have the talent yeah and james what were you doing
1: well, there was a lot.
0: There was a lot. It was yeah. the 2000s. There was a lot of things going on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we can call it. This is definitely uh, not the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. yeah. But
1: I think we have solved the world's problems by potentially picking out what could have been better. And
0: I think the world will be a better place. Yeah. 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 And if you're listening very closely, oh, you might hear a cat snore
1: actually i think she hasn't snored this time amazingly amazingly
0: all right well uh so amy what did you think about your first podcast
1: oh uh i mean it's just like talking to you about a movie (laughs) except we're being recorded
0: yeah that's awkward there's a microphone
1: there might end up being a secret stash of podcasts every time i watch a new movie and craig is now suddenly (laughs) recording me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> amy what did you think no talk in this direction talk in this general direction so we right. shall see we all shall right see well what gets released
0: uh with that said uh thank you very much uh for stepping in at the last minute uh my name's craig and you are
1: amy aka wife
0: aka wife uh she had to be on it it was a legal requirement uh and uh we'll see viewers uh next time thank you very much everybody bye